Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. My name is Jonah. Today I'm in the studio with Brad and Steven. What's up, dudes? Oh my god! Hey, hey, hey! What's yeah. up with you? I'm just spilling shit on myself and I Man. have a roll of paper towels between my legs. <laughs> for some reason. Just a normal day What's for Jonah Bear. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might need that. Thank you, Brad. Seems like you're just having one of those days. Yeah, we're just continuing this yeah conversation from the last podcast. <laughs> I'm having one of those days. No, I had a great day. I was just, I was gone for, I thought I was going to be gone for... Four days, and I ended up being gone for three weeks almost. Oh, now I'm back. What's that life like? Um, thank you. I want to thank Pianos Become the Teeth. They took me out on tour with them and were very nice to me. And it was fun. It was fun, but not very glamorous. I slept in a sleeping bag on the floor of a lot of hotel rooms, then sat in the van and drove a lot. I helped move gear. They had loaders for a lot of the shows. Um, and I would watch merch once in a while, but I was. I think I was more like there for like humor. <laughs> like I think literally I was just sort of like kept things. They just goofy. wanted been, they just wanted an extra funster. Yeah, the they had someone lot, who's they had not in the band we like we could hang with. Yeah, they had a new lot of, person. A lot of fun sculpting totally. my facial hair. Um, <laughs> do you have mustache wax? Yeah, I do now. That's awesome. Yeah, but um, you can use your wax. It just takes a long time to build up. Yeah, and I don't have that kind of time. But yeah, it was great. Um, tour is great. It's probably it's o- it will be over by the time you hear this. But um, all the bands are good. Menzingers are great. Me without you are great. Restorations, pianos, obviously. So check out all those bands. Um, what else? Uh, today on the podcast, pretty big guest. Yeah, I know. I miss everything because my kids just can't figure it out and take care of themselves and get themselves to preschool. This is one of those. Oh, I want to be at all of them. I want to be at all of them because I missed the show immensely. Uh, it is awesome without me. But this, this one, I wanted to be here. Frank Turner, Jesus, UK, so singer songwriter, heartthrob, all around awesome. Did Vanessa dude. get to come? Vanessa did come. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Yeah, this was guest great. hosted by my sister Vanessa Bayer and Gaslight Anthem drummer Benny Horwitz. So what a what a crew what a crew if you can't have me and Steven that's the bet the it's best a close, it's a close second um, yeah <laughs> thanks to both of them for coming Vanessa had it was like I think it was an SNL week too and Vanessa I think we scheduled it so she could come in early because she is a big Frank Turner fan so it worked out great um, and we shot a sound advice with Frank at Governor's Ball last year sort of how we started working with him and yeah Frank's tur- toured his gaslight a lot so he knew Benny so it worked out great. 
and we talked so much about Counting Crows. <laughs> How can you not? I, I don't think any of us saw coming, and I wish it, Stephen, I wish you were here. Talking about the wig. You recently interviewed Adam Duritz. A year ago, yeah. A year ago. I've talked, I've talked to him a few times. Yeah? He's got a wig. Yeah. Really? And he talks about the wig, and he's got a full-on um, mental disorder where he believes the world is a movie and he's just watching it and that he's not really there there's probably is there a name for that? there's a name for it yeah. it's legit he uh, really honestly believes that that's yeah it's like the disorder there's another disorder i read about where you you where you believe none of your friends are really your friends they're just people playing them you guys are really fucking with me now you know, he was a big fan of Well, I mean, we're, we're friends, Brad, He right? was a big Goops fan. He was a fan of your yeah. band? Yeah, he used to come to our shows. Really? Yeah. Were they oh. around here? He came to... Ah, the pun slid oh, under the door. God. The Counting Crows fans are going to love that, that one. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Do we have oh. a lot of Counting Crows fans? Oh, God. I, you know what's funny is we... I started... I, was tweeting with Frank and Vanessa about the Counting Crows and Jeremy from Touche Amore was like, dude, I love the Counting Crows. And I feel like a couple more people in like pretty heavy bands were like, yeah, dude, He's, I'm on board. It's kind of like one of those guilty hidden pleasures. Well, that first record is so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is good. It's so it good. Is. And then I think about that band from time to time as many bands have to deal with this, like Counting Crows, Alanis Morissette, like your wad was blown, like hard blown, like like steady stream and spray on one record. Right. And that is the record all other records are compared to and what everyone wants to hear. Yeah. And you might have a hit or two after, but three or four records after, there will be no hits after. But they still want to hear those sounds before. And that's that's got to be so tough as a musician. It's got to be. I mean, yeah. But it's probably better than not having a brilliant record. Yeah. That's know. what they needed. Somebody needs to sit these motherfuckers down when they're whining about it and say, you know what? I don't have a hit record that's brilliant from beginning to end. I don't have one. Yeah. So eat me. And that's a great idea. And it's, you know, I don't have to play it over and over again. I don't have to try and write a new song that people go, oh, it's not Rain King. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, Rain King's a fucking great song. You know? Like, it's a yeah. great record. Um, I ended up at Adam Duritz's house a number of times in California. I was dating a girl who knew where every party was. And that was kind of half the fun of dating her. Because she knew date. where every fucking party was. Like, weird parties. Like, oh, this is called the Fairy House. And you go there and there's like secret trap doors and an old stage that Charlie Chaplin danced in outside. Weird, crazy shit. And one of them... Do you ever know the dude, uh, Trish knew him, uh, drummer from the band Joe 90? I don't know. I don't think um, so. uh, What's was, his name? Uh, um, I've never even heard of Joe 90. Yeah. Uh, um, the kid, His name was Adam. And he was always kind of drugged out looking, so we called him Heroin Adam. Um, but he lived in um, he he lived in like he was friends with Adam Duritz, and he he like lived in his house in one of his many rooms. He'd go over to Adam Duritz's house, and I went there a couple times. He was a God's child. I don't know. Looks like they formed out of the Joe eighty formed from the group God's child. We're looking that, this up on the interweb. That now. sounds that sounds familiar to me. Well, they. So we'd go say hi to him, super nice, and end up at Adam Duritz's house. And I remember like one time we were at a party and like David Cross was there. But all I did was stare at Adam Duritz's record collection and go, who has all of the Cow Sills records? And like is proud of that. And <laughs> one time he was there at his own home 
And I was like, hey, man, thanks for having this party. Um, uh, my buddy from high school, Bert, loved Counting Crows. He was getting married. I went, can you autograph something for his wedding? He was like, yeah, sure. So he like signed like congrats on your wedding on a napkin and I framed it and that was their wedding gift because <laughs> I didn't realize you're supposed to give something functional. So for a wedding present, can I'm, be sure, functional. I'm sure his wife was very, very thrilled. Yeah, about yeah I that. gave as a wedding present um, uh, a <laughs> Doyle and Jerry only dolls and an Adam Durant's autograph on a napkin as that's, a wedding present. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why you should wait until you're over 30 to get married because that's otherwise that's the kind of gift. And then you can get, get glamorous Seriously. gifts like I got Stephen like a cordless phone. <laughs> okay, that phone <laughs> just the past couple of weeks has broken. Oh my god. We've used the shit out of that phone. And I think about Jonah gave us this phone. We can't die. But the best part about it dying is that I've finally gotten Trish on on the same team of what if we didn't have a landline phone? Yeah. Yeah. What if we just had cell phones mm. and saved that money? Mm. I haven't what? had a landline in like ten years, fifteen years a long time. See? See? Long time. Wifey thinks for some reason that during the zombie apocalypse that our landline's gonna work. Even though with the hurricane, it was knocked out. Do people ever yeah. call you on your landline? Yeah. Douchebags looking for money because her last name is very similar or is exactly the same as some fucking NRA motherfucker who used to live downstairs from us. Whoa. I could listen to this all day. That did, is not did the I answer I was expecting. <laughs> I, I thought you'd be like, I don't know. Sometimes the listeners are saying. Dude, I fucking... You know the Danny DeVito. You know the Danny DeVito movie, nasty people or whatever. Ruthless people. Ruthless people. The scene where he gets. Oh, you want Connie? You want Connie? You know that? I did that to one of those fuckers on the phone. I was on the phone. My old drummer Jeff on my cell phone, and my landline rings. I go, Jeff, hang on a second. I think you'll enjoy this. (laughs) And I did that exact skit. Oh, I'm sorry. He can't speak right now because my cock is in his mouth. Wow. Well, <laughs> click, I win. Maybe you should get rid of your landline, Steven. We get uh, we get a lot of telemarketers. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, it, it's funny. It's like, do you have anything you want to give to the policeman's retirement fund? No. <laughs> Stop calling. I know people with lupus. That's all we get, Thank man. you. That's all we get. She thinks it's going to save our life someday, though. And I, even though I've explained, no, it's a fiber optic line. It's not copper. There's no charge on it anymore. There's a backup battery. Power goes out. Battery goes out. Yeah. Phone is worthless. Yeah. But, <laughs> and that defines marriage. Compromise, which means one person doesn't get what they want, even when it makes sense. <laughs> so The intro's gone way off track. It has. It has gone way off track. Frank we, Turner, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize to all you Frank Turner fans. We promise we will make up for it with this podcast. Um, all right. Frank Turner. So here we are. We're here with Frank Turner. Hello. Hi, Frank. Um, guest host, Vanessa Bayer. Hey. And Benny Horowitz. Hi. Hello. And I'm Jonah. Okay. Hi, Jonah. Thanks, guys. We're so excited about today, and I d- really don't want to make it about me, but we're in a, well, We're in a dark room, and you're yeah. wearing sunglasses, which usually yes. is... Means is, you're cool? No, it's a gigantic fashion yeah. faux, pas. faux pas. And like I said, guys, the peyote will kick in in about <laughs> 20 minutes, so... Um, but it, I was saying that you yeah. should tell everyone that you got beaten up by a street gang. Well, a I gang almost, of toughs. I got bitten up by a gang of mosquitoes, is the truth. Oh. But were they wearing like kind of red leather karate outfits and bandanas and stuff like an in, 80s movie about the future? In my dreams, yes. <laughs> okay. So, 
Um, there was I, the reason I think of this. I didn't install. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to embarrass the guy. But they didn't install the other day, and the guy, the sort of local guy running the PA, yeah. looked like a baddie from like Police Academy Four or Ooh. like Mad Max or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like he was just wow. kind of he had bits of cloth sort of hanging off him. He looked like kind of like Steve Tyler for being homeless for like 20 years. Lots of scarves. <laughs> yeah, just kind of and like leather jackets with holes in and stuff. And uh, yeah, it made me nostalgic Think for baddies that. in 80s movies. Well, I look like Matthew. Matthew Broderick in election uh, when he gets stung by a bunch of bees. Oh, yeah. Oh, great movie. <laughs> so that made me kind of nostalgic for that. <laughs> but the woman who's, they're trying to sell my apartment, and the woman was, I guess, over yesterday showing it to someone, and she left the window open. And a mosquito, like, I didn't know it. I came home and I went to bed after seeing Frank's show, which was great. <laughs> Thank you. That's a slow clap for <laughs> Mr. Horowitz. <laughs> And um, I woke up at like three in the morning and my face hurt really badly and I'm really allergic to mosquito bites like they just turn huge on me. And I like went downstairs and like my face, I just had all these mosquito bites and my eye, this eye was swollen shut. Swollen shut? Swollen shut. This has happened to Vanessa her entire life. But only, my eye got swollen shut twice when I was, once when I was like four, I remember both times, and once when I was like six. This, could, you, this yeah. is the most elaborate excuse for domestic violence I've ever had in my you, life. I have, I, Do you want to talk to someone? <laughs> no. I have pictures of it. Show me this giant mosquito. I have pictures of it clothes. like from earlier today. And it Steve. looks like someone beat me up. And I keep, like, I'm like, it's not, I feel like I could make, like, I could tweet about it, but, like, the any joke I make would probably be sort of offensive. And also, yeah. I don't know that I want my face out there like that. But I can yeah. show you guys. At some point. And if you tweet about it, I assume the mosquitoes will get wind of it. Yeah. They'll organize. Yeah, well, yeah they'll, they'll just come back. Come back yeah. Again. yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to. You know, don't want to. Your whole line is like, you know, he's just tired after a long day at work and he's yeah. just He can be really sweet. I mean, imagine this, Vanessa. Imagine. <laughs> this is too close to the line. Imagine. <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> imagine Actually, you're a mosquito <laughs> and you actually have to wake up every day and in order to survive, you, you have to find human skin I, to puncture, and you have to suck its blood. <laughs> we just get to go in. in I've been you know? flying around all week. Yeah, lady. like how think, annoying and how selfish of you, <laughs> who has so much skin, so much I, blood. Well, to I, give. Stop apologizing. I think this one mosquito bit me like ten times. Like even like on my forehead. He's never going to change. I. He's probably a really nice mosquito. It though. looks yeah. like overnight I got beaten up and I got like adult an- onset acne. Too. Oh no. But it's <clears throat> that's adult. nothing against adult onset acne. Everyone has their own skin issues, so I, I like to put that. Up. Uh, <laughs> I have a I, pretty big rash right now, actually. Let's talk about okay. those. Yeah. Are you so glad I, that you were able to book Frank Turner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone who's excited to have Frank in the podcast, this is exactly <laughs> everyone right tuning in here to yeah. listen to Frank Turner <laughs> should Frank's know. Sound, but I hope they're talking yeah. about Vanessa's mosquito bites and Benny's rash. <laughs> Uh, Tell us about your rash, Benny. Specifically, it's uh, atopic dermatitis. Oh, I've gotten that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a it's sensitive sort of like hot spot. Yeah, the skin, it flares up from time to time, and it's it's pretty flared up right now. It could have been from the heat, change of season, maybe my belt buckle over yeah. the yeah. stomach here. you know what? Yeah. I bet that's yeah. what it is. I have a nipple allergy. Is that where allergy. it is? Around there? Yeah, 
Yeah. Right. Happy All right, to no, show no, you. No, no, no. It's not, I have a nickel allergy. <laughs> a a ni- nipple allergy. Yes, and so Goodness. under, it's a very weird area. Under, a nipple or under nickel? Nickel. Nickel. <laughs> nipple allergy. If anybody else's nipple touches you. Yeah, whoa. it's just, it's, I don't even have a joke for that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, three nipples. But, um, uh, better stay away from this guy, am I right? Um, but it's the button on your jeans, like the back of the button on your jeans can cause that rash. That's what it is. I bet you have a nickel allergy, too. They're very common. I have a bunch of mosquito bites, too, because I was at Chris Fern's wedding on Saturday, and it was outdoors, and they got under my pants. And Goodness! Destroyed wow. me Those are aggressive size. Florida yeah, mosquitoes. Florida. They're yeah. like they're twice like the size. Mosquito bros. I've recently heard that they discovered mosquitoes with like five-inch needles, and they discovered them in the same shit, just like Jurassic Park, where they found a preserved mosquito in wax. Same thing. And Chinese scientists discovered this guy with like a five-inch needle, and they're saying now that the mosquito could have been a big part of the uh, the loss of dinosaurs on the world. Huh. And these needles Whoa. were meant to puncture their thick dinosaur skin. They're the, they're the worst. They made dinosaurs <laughs> extinct. And now Fucking mosquitoes. they I mean, bit I my mean, brother. <clears throat> they bit me, you know. We probably wouldn't exist if the dinosaurs were still around, though. So we could thank them for that. And we can also thank them for something that I won't bring up, but I bring up almost every time I'm on your podcast. The TV show Dinosaurs. Oh, what a Frank, show. Frank, did you get that Hit the in mama. the UK? Dinosaurs? It's on Netflix. Did we have dinosaurs or the TV show Dinosaurs? <laughs> Either, I guess. They use dinosaurs to move the Stonehenge rocks. Don't you know that? Uh, I did, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, ridden by Jesus. Um, we, we have the Natural History Museum. It's got yeah. dinosaur bones in. But I, you didn't have the show, probably. With the, uh, probably. With I, don't, the I don't really watch puppets. TV. It was on in the... Mm. Early nineties. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> we have one on It was an original part of the TGIF lineup. Yeah, thank goodness it's Friday, and <laughs> it was yeah, it was adult puppets. Anyway, you can. It's on Netflix, I think. Okay, should I invest time in? This? Yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay. <laughs> so, Frank, what's going on with you? <laughs> well, I'm about to write a concept album about dinosaurs. Um, uh, Apparently. Uh, yeah, we're in New York City. New it's York. very nice. Yeah. Um, three nights in a row. At three nights at, at Irving Plaza, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, it's a legendary venue. Yes. Uh, and we played last night, and it, I thought it was good, though it's not really for me to say. It was, it was actually, good. Jonah was really and I were there, we were there, and we thought it was great, and there were, there were legitimately people near us that were, like, flipping out. And I think one of them, like, something was, like going on with her a little bit but (laughs) um but it was so it was such a great show thank you i would say you're one of the best people i have ever seen perform live that's very kind of you to say that's beautiful don't you yeah Yeah, and me and vanessa don't have a lot of musical overlap i feel like maybe we have some we don't have a lot yeah i dan as you told me that you said i can't believe vanessa's into frank turner because she doesn't like any cool music (laughs) (laughs) from dan ozzy and i was like and i was like jonah said that i mean that may have not been a direct quote (laughs) 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 or maybe i didn't want to be like well we like a few of the same thing but Growing up, Vanessa was really into like female singer songwriters and yeah, like my first CD was Tori and Amos. And Tori Amos. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm the biggest Tori Amos fan ever. And my older no. sister got me into Tori Amos, and I can't believe I'm about to say this podcast. I lost my virginity after a Tori Amos concert. Whoa! Tell I me. took my what a I took my first man. girlfriend to see Tori Amos. It was a it was this pro move. I think <laughs> is what you call that. 
So can you can you, out, can you weigh out the what evening for me? What was it too? Oh, this would have been um, Gelson Quago. Uh, uh, Quago. And what was some of the hits? Were like was Spark that? was the main was the big single. Yeah. That, right? Okay. Okay. That I think Boys for Pele is still one of my like top ten records of all time. My first CD was Under the Pink. I didn't really know what it was about. Mostly it's, date rape. Yeah, it's yeah, mostly it's about really, date rape. Really, and I no, was but like, it's a really intense record. Yeah, but I. I that was my first CD ever. I got a mom well, and dad. Bought that's me. an intense record to get for your first CD. <laughs> mom and dad. It's still me. hard to listen to in places today. Though, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think she's kind of a songwriting genius. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge I love fan. her. Also, Jonah, when you were working, you got me like that. Tales of a Librarian from a Librarian, which is like a best of, okay. and it's really good. And she's it has a, some amazing. new songs yeah. on it. Yeah. Cornflake Girl was like... That was the only song I really Cornflake Girl's so good. You know other ones. I do, okay. Yeah. Court, the whole of Boys for Play. Court Light, Sneeze, Marianne. Yeah, um, yeah. Way Down. Yeah. Hey Jupiter, all that stuff. Um, when, when I was a kid, my older sister gave me three things musically that I value, and she was into some really fucking crap music, which we'll get to. But um, <laughs> she, she gave me Cat and Crows I got into... I guess I, and everything I was, after? Yeah, I was into Pantera and I had a guitar and I couldn't really play Pantera because they're too hard, but it's really easy to play Cat and Crow songs. So I learned, <laughs> I learned how to play Cat and Crow instead, and that's, that's kind great. of how I learned how to write songs. <laughs> um, and then uh, Tori Amos and then The Levers as well. Do you guys know The Levers? They're a British folk punk band from the late 80s, early 90s. Them, I don't know if I've ever really listened to they were They were huge in the, in the UK in the kind of early to mid 90s. They're still going now. Um, they've sort of got a kind of pogsy kind of vibe to them, but they're they're incredible amazing band but um so i got those two off my sister but then she was also this is i i, I don't know what, what it is about this arrangement of people that's making me spill my guts oh, and please. my dark secrets i know i'm having a blast yeah we, no but, secrets are dark uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm about to say um kind of so the deal was we had it we had like a sort of family acoustic guitar and I was sort of play Maiden riffs and Pantera riffs and Juice Priest riffs and stuff on it, or practicing them. But then when my sister and her friends and some of my friends all were around, you know, we want to play songs that we could all sing together. So my sister kind of made me learn songs that we could sing collectively. And I learned every song I forget and everything after. I learned quite a lot of Soul Asylum, um, like Runaway oh, Train. That oh, kind of God. Have you seen, Great <clears throat> let's not get into that video because I'll lose my mind. Have you ever <laughs> seen that video? Uh, not since I was about 12. Oh. Runaway Train Run? Yeah. 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 It's such a bummer. Come on, I like the milk thing ever worked. We've... We've, we've talked about <laughs> we've this on the podcast. This. Yeah, like that video came out and all these kids got found and got returned back to like really bad family situations. And they're <laughs> oh, like, right, that's yeah, they're like, I ran away. And the guys from Solo Sun are going, no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. They no. gave an interview where they like, we feel really bad because like this guy's like mom was beating, dad was beating her and she like <clears> left oh and then she was in the video uh, and got returned back. Oh. Wow, that sucks. Anyways, Frank, go ahead. But yes, yeah, so. so <laughs> Wow, that's really sad. I know. Yeah. And then if you Google the things that are depicted in the video, like that are like acted out, they're like based on real things that are like so horrible. Okay, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> Soul Asylum cuts deep. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so we learned Soul Asylum and then like, you know, just kind of like, um, yeah, Count Crows, Levelers, that, that, that kind of territory. I'd sort of learn songs like, you know, Green Day, Basket Case, that kind of stuff. We are all singing together. But the one thing that she made me learn that I can still sing most of if I get drunk enough. Um, is all of Jagged Little Pill. Oh, wow. great. You know what? You may not even remember this. I know what you're going to say. But I've seen no. you oh, do no. it. Oh. I have oh, seen God. you walking around with oh, an acoustic guitar. God. 
taking Where requests was Where was and that? pulling out Jagged Little Pill. Where was that? You were quite proud of the fact that you knew was all I, of I it. must have been hammered. Yeah, I don't think you knew where you were. I actually, considering the event, don't remember where we were. Which tour was this? Oh my was God, this I in Europe see. or in the USA? <laughs> Europe, definitely. You know things get a little wackier in Europe. I remember our, our night together in Munich. We had a beautiful night. We had a wonderful You had a wonderful <laughs> night, my friend. Hey. <laughs> Sometimes the things go you. like that. What I would like to backtrack to. Wait, and I've got to backtrack too. Tori Amos. <laughs> then the I've... first night when you lost it, right? Right. Was, <laughs> now, prior to going into the night, are you like, all right, this is a good setup. I'm going yeah, to the Tori yeah, totally. Amos show. Oh, man. And then was... I'll go to this spot after and maybe no, it'll no, happen. Or was I, it... I, sort of, I feel ungentlemanly discussing the details of this. Fair but, enough. And so I, I will say this and only this. But basically, my parents were away and my older sister drove me, because she was obviously in Strangeville. She drove me in and go in question to uh, Southampton Guildhall and we saw Tori Amos play. Okay. Um, and then went back to my parents' house who were away. Did she play Pretty Good Year? <laughs> Uh, I'd imagine she did. I I covered that song when I was in a hardcore band. Oh damn! I gotta hear that. This is so weird because I felt like I was really into like No Effects and like the Misfits and Dead Kennedys in high school. And Vanessa was into this stuff, and I was like, that music is the opposite of what I like. Like I was just into this one thing. So it's interesting to me that you were yeah. kind of in. I sort of, I sort of had a foot in that camp thanks to my sister because I I mean my main obsession was yeah like No Effects, but right. like Dead Kennedy stuff. You took me to Lilith Fair, though, for the first time. I did. Whoa, you just took her to Lilith Fair. Hold on. hold on, let's not use the words <laughs> Lilith Fair and Tori Amos in the same sentence like there's any causal link between the two of them. <laughs> no, I think I want tickets off that. I want you to take radio. radio. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, I you, think you won tickets to they were, the they were radio. giving away tickets to Lilith Fair, and I called, wow. and I won. And you took were you like me. the third caller yeah. or whatever? I'm pretty exactly. sure she played at it, though. I think she did play. And did they I'm go, so oh, hello, was... caller, shocked that you're a male. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that makes me, okay, I'm a really big Annie DeFranco fan as well, although yeah. that's linked to an ex-girlfriend of mine, so I've, there, there are some songs that are hard to listen to. Um, but she's a great yeah. songwriter, but um, I remember going to see Annie DeFranco in London a few years ago, and what was great about it is the audience was 95% female, and of the guys that were there, there were three types of guys who were at the Nanny DeFranco yes, show in London. Yeah. Type number one was the boyfriend standing behind girlfriend, arms around her neck looking kind of bored. Type number two was the kind of, the, there was a quite a strong gay contingent there. And then sure. type number three, of which there was only about five of us, was stood by Sanders going, no, we like her for, because we just do, <laughs> and fuck off, actually, and we've got, like, holistic taste in music. Um, and we were definitely a minority. <laughs> That's I like, great. I feel like that is a, an empowering thing. Yeah, like, I felt, I was, you know, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not joking. I mean, I think she's an incredible songwriter. Marrow is one of the greatest songs I know. What do you think about, like, older, I mean, um, fumbling towards ecstasy, Sarah McLaughlin? I don't, what, ecstasy? Sarah McLaughlin, do you I know? I don't know who Sarah McLaughlin okay. is. Okay, so Sarah McLaughlin put together Lilith Fair. <laughs> So that's a good fact to know. From spare part. Really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. That's her thing. That's her thing. Really? You don't know. You don't know. I bet you know some Sarah McLaughlin songs. Maybe you don't. Sure. But you do. I, well, yeah, there yeah. were some hits. Yeah, some there were some hits. hits. Sing the me big one, now. one. There was a big one called <laughs> Possession that was based no. on a letter that her stalker wrote her. And then she wrote a song with the, like, the lyrics from the letter. Uh. And then later on, he like sued her for like I was gonna copyright. Say that, that, that's like action. Yeah, and then later on he killed himself. Is that yeah, where Eminem yeah, yeah. got Stan from? 
It sounds like it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. similar. That seems like it. Yeah. And I've always did... wondered about that connection. Eminem, Sarah McLaughlin. You, Here it is. You Sarah McLaughlin is I Eminem. Maybe be, I don't know that you'd be into Sarah McLaughlin. Right now, I feel bad burning Sarah McLaughlin on this podcast at all. She's, gonna listen. she's, she's a little gonna different now than she used to be. Still good. She does those dog commercials now. <laughs> she does a lot of dog commercials for Wait. like saving dogs. Oh, not like Yukonuba ads or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not those Buy commercials where it's like that dog's nose and he's like, I want snacks. snacks, snacks. <laughs> and then it's Sarah McLaughlin. I with hate those bacon commercials bits. so. Yes, the bacon bits commercials. Bacon, I bacon. hate those so much. <laughs> oh, I, they're so annoying. I, there's a few commercials. I hate right now. Sorry, Go on. sorry, Frank. I know this is your time. I can't stand that Restasis lady. She really freaks me out. Says the girl with the fucked up eye, and then it's fry drops. And then um, I also go. I do stand up about the Zales chocolate diamond ones because, like, chocolate diamonds. Yeah, they're brown diamonds. So Ew. I have a whole stand up set, but I won't do it right now. But maybe I will. Um, and then um, the um, Sensodyne toothpaste commercials because they're so boring. Because this girl will be like, I didn't know that <laughs> the acid in my food could affect my teeth. And then it puts in quotes on the screen. I didn't know the acid in my food could affect my teeth. And you're like, that's so boring. Why did you put that in quotes? It's the mo- They're such boring commercials. And it's just a woman being like, now I know about acid. And it like goes on forever. And you're like, go. F- like, I don't care. I also use that toothpaste and it's made me want to stop using it. Um, um, and there's a couple others, but anyway. Oh, here's what I want to say. <laughs> well, can I just briefly interject? Please. In America, you guys have that thing with the really long adverts, like the 10-minute infomercial thing. Yeah. We don't have that in England, like, at all. And the very first time I saw one, I honestly thought I was having some kind of, like, acid flashback because the TV commercial started and never stopped. <laughs> and it just kept going on. And, and it was about, like, a sort of 10-CD John Denver box set or oh, something. Oh, yeah. But it just kept going on, and it's cut like a TV commercial oh. that never ends. And I was just sitting there kind of going, I've become trapped in a time warp and, like, <laughs> help me. <laughs> like, you know, I need to drink some orange juice to snap out of this. This is awful. Oh, my God. And they're on so late at night. I bet you see them yeah. so much when you're touring and stuff because that's when you turn yeah, on the TV. Yeah, and it was just like, I didn't, oh, I did really so needed help at that moment in my life. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, oh, go ahead. Do you have less channels in the UK? Yes. We, well, no, hold on. <laughs> okay. I noticed to. that from my one week in London. We I used was like, to. Oh. We've now kind of blossomed into full American TV. Okay, that was actually well, a question for Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there's, okay, there's a story. That, so, so, okay, I have a flat in London, right? Um, which I invited you to and you didn't come to. I know, I'm sorry. I went to... Uh, um, you know what? It's probably a good thing because it was it was after the, the Vanessa came to show my in London, and I was which having, was also so great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, I, I live right up the road from there, and we were going to go. I was having a bit of a back to mind thing, and then in the kind of cab from the venue back to mine, it thinned down to kind of just me and my brother in law, and then we ended up having this really really heavy heart to heart about family stuff over a bottle of whiskey. And uh, well, I get. I bet <clears> I could have. <throat> added something <laughs> yeah, true although it was about one particular family I, okay right well <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had some friends that were having a it was like the only night i did like i just basically hung out and walked around the whole week and i went to a party but i thought maybe i would catch you after but i think well, you guys had a meaningful night okay you should call me next time yeah i will and we'll hang yeah okay but in uh, the flat in the flat, yeah, right. Okay, so I live, I live, I live with my best friend who's called Dave Danger, and um, also, it, British people say who's called, yeah, which isn't right. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> so Dave, Dave, the deal I have with Dave is that Dave, Dave, kind of like looks after the house, he pays all the bills, and it's and it's my flat, and we have a deal. He's like my best mate. So one of the deals I gave him is is like um, when we first moved in, I was like, right, can you sort out like a TV and a neck package for us while I'm away on tour? 
And Dave runs a bar in Camden called The Monarch, and he decided to sort this out one night after closing out when he was a bit pissed. And he went online, and the bar wife was like, right, I need a fucking TV and internet package, a bit hammered, and he went on the Virgin Media thing. And he ended up getting the VIP package, because on the basis that me and him are both very important people. <laughs> and we've, we've got about 900,000 TV channels, and the fastest internet in the entire world. <laughs> I have no idea how much he's paying a month for it. Probably something disgusting. But like, I, when I came home, he was like, I need to warn you about this. And the thing is, neither of us, because we've both been living in kind of bars or on tour for years, neither of us had had a TV for years. So on the, I got back and we had a sort of boys' night in the flat and we sat down to watch some TV. And holy fuck me, TV's got weird in the time since yeah. I last You're had like one. someone who went into a coma <laughs> in like the 30s we and woke up at the World's yeah, Fair. Pretty much. <laughs> like right, the very first night, the very first night that me and Dave were watching TV. TV. You know they have the marathons of reality TV shows? Yeah. I know about this now. Yeah. Yeah. They had a marathon of this TV show called Lady Boys of Thailand. Tell right? me. And it was like, <laughs> it was about six hours of this documentary. And it was, you know, it was very interesting about the kind of social uh, reasons behind it and the sort of, you know, surgery, not surgery, sort of exploitation or not exploitation, all this kind of thing. And it was very intriguing. But what was so mad about it was it was about these English guys who sort of go out and, and marry tie ladyboys or, or have relationships with them and quite a few of them were these really sort of homophobic laddish dudes and like mm. there was this one who was like yeah I'm not a faggot and it was like but you're, you're married to a pre-op transsexual like <laughs> what the fuck is going on in your mind like and, and it was just, and then it was so sad because he had a son who was being oh. so cool and so accepting of his dad and he was like you know whatever my dad wants to do is cool with me because I accept him as a human and, and Pops was like, just being a yeah, dick and his, his dad just didn't give a fuck about the guy at all and he phoned out Tyler to be with his dad and his dad didn't spend any time with him and me and Dave whilst all of this shit's going on we're just sat on stuff with our jaws in our laps going oh my god the world has gone completely insane see Frank you might have the same rate let me ask you like I I can't watch a lot of reality TV because the things <clears throat> that apparently entertain popular culture depress the fuck oh out my of God, me. Dude. I don't like knowing these things exist. Yeah, yeah. And when I, I see people in a bad spot or something like this, I don't take any joy in their troubles, I wish they didn't have them, and yeah, I don't want to watch them and pretend to enjoy it. Do you have the same problem with yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. Stuff? Okay, so the other day, just before leaving for this tour, actually, I saw an episode of the Kardashians for the first time. Yeah. I, I had no idea who they were, other than people who can't fucking spell their first names properly. First names properly. Chloe is spelled C-H-L-O-E. That's how you spell Chloe. That's, <laughs> That's the what end you're of that discussion. About. That's one of the many things that I'm mad about. But what, 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 what annoyed me about it was the... Was the um, the sort of, the exaltation of stupidity. Yeah. Because on, on it, they had this, like, hour-long argument about UFOs, which was completely and utterly devoid of fact or information <laughs> or any glimmer of intelligence at any point. And it was just kind of like, okay, fine, you know, some, some people are intellectual, some people aren't, everyone has their own skills or whatever, but it's like, why are we broadcasting this fucking conversation? None yeah. of them have anything of any interest to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it was like, it went on for like an hour! And and they were just kind of like talking across each other and not even listening to each other and, and it was just like this is the f oh my god it made me really angry. Do you, you know, think? Oh, oh I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say you know what you should watch while you're here because I don't know if you can watch it at home. A little show called Ladies of London where <laughs> it's on Bravo and it's all these it's half women that are British and half women that are American but right. they like are married to either British guys or they just like live there and they're it's all like these women being like. Like, these British women being like, you can't, okay, I'll do it in the accent. You can't just, like, uh, you can't just, like, 
move here and become one of us. Like, you're either British or you're not. And the other ones are like, I'm trying my best to, like, fit in in this society. And, like, the British women are so mean to me. And it's so, it's so funny. It's it really I mean, great. One, you, you think to yourself, like, maybe make friends with people who aren't on reality TV shows. Yeah. So that's how start there and move forward. Um, but one of the women does have, like, um, a business where she finds expensive gifts for rich people and... I get why people would want to be friends Wait. with Wait, you know, Wait, I, I have people a friend... don't even find their own expensive no. no, no, I have a friend who does this, actually. She works for a company. Well, it's not I necess- wonder if it's this woman's company. It's, 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 she works for a company, and their jo- it's not necessarily gifts. Their job is basically, they're an agency who, like, people with insanely too much money to spend who want insane shit, call them, and her job is to find, you know, like a camel covered in diamonds on a helicopter. Right. Oh. And, and, like and that. that's her job. And 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 it's just like what the fuck? And yeah. she's she's and she's like I can't tell you half the shit that is I have to do. Is this how Mike Tyson lines up with like a Bengal <clears throat> tiger? Is like yeah, thing, right. Like yeah. Like and this. and you know she's got confidentiality agreements and all this kind of thing. So she's like, there's most of the shit I do I can't tell you about. All right, say you got ten million dollars, just randomly, <laughs> randomly, and you had someone as like some new hotshot manager. You got is like, listen, I'm giving you a one time pass to the anything you want guy like what's like the one random thing like an igloo in your house anti-gravity room <laughs> you've thought about exotic animals like what would you go i've thought about this a lot yeah yeah clearly um i don't know I don't really an anti-gravity th- room would be pretty that's fucking what I think cool. that would be yours i would get a float around your isolation house? tanks have you seen those oh an isolation tank yes but Wait. I don't think you need $10 million to do that. I think you could probably do no. that for you about can $10 million. On, dollars. I was vi- Shoot higher, Jonah. I think I was okay. visiting I, and, somewhere and you could go do it. You can do it here. There's a couple You could buy an isolation tank just working hard for like a month. I'm talking about like... <laughs> no, I think they're like 10 An grand. isolation tank full of like 100-year-old champagne. Yeah. Much more expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with, with, a, with, a, with a froth of caviar on top that you could swim like a, like a, like a dolphin and go, oh, yep. I need some caviar. See, that I've thought, I've thought about filling like maybe a pool <laughs> with like really delicious like mac and cheese. I Just would, for the shits. Yeah. Not, yeah. not for shitting. That, would, would, that, shit would get, that would get pretty gross pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, like that's after true. about twenty minutes, that would be. Can't gross. invite your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that is. Oh, nasty. I peed in the pool. You know, I've never thought of the hygienic <laughs> aspect of my mac and cheese fantasy. I'm sorry, I've and ruined yeah, it for you now. Yeah, it doesn't work. I don't think the problem is I don't really think about stuff. I do have a thing, um, which I, I'm not entirely sure whether, whether I should talk about this on a podcast. No, but yes, hey, fuck you it, should. We've started. This isn't a podcast, <clears> Frank. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have a running joke with my manager, Charlie, who runs XMR Recordings, about um, how every time we kind of, you know, we have a good year or a good sort of payday or whatever, yeah. the, the money's going towards the fund, right? And the fund is for my, I'm going to go for the world's greatest rock and roll death. Ooh. And the world's greatest <sighs> rock and roll death is this. I'm going to be in a Learjet made out of an, entirely out of compressed cocaine, <laughs> right? And I'm going to be flying it. And it's going to be, it's going to be full of like the, the full January to December of like calendar Playboy girls, uh-huh. bunnies in the back. And I'm going to be wearing a diamond studded eye patch, which I flipped open so I can stare death in the face with both <laughs> eyes. And, and like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and I'm going to be flying into the center of an active volcano. Yes. It's just funny because oh. when he was like, what would your like idea of this be like? You were like, I don't really have one. <laughs> <laughs> never really thought about it. But. No, but this is, that's, this but, I mean, is this, is a, this death. is a death. This is how thing. I'm going to go. It, I'm like licking the steering wheel. Like, <laughs> Come on, death. And it's going to be fucking I amazing. I imagine this fantasy and 
with the exception <laughs> with the exception of the plane made out of impacted cocaine, which I don't think has been invented yet. <laughs> if it has, well, it may maybe have, I got actually. it with cellophones for R and D. So do the ladies well. in the back kind of like chisel off like a back piece of the plane to party, or do you have separate cocaine that's uh, not? They, the they're body? just kind of licking the seats. <laughs> Couldn't like, you just have a safe landing though, and just be like, "That was fun." <laughs> no, no, no! This is a one. This is a one-way ticket. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know enough about cocaine. Wait, planes. are you now? Tell me about. <laughs> tell me about your demeanor as you go into the volcano. Are you like chill and pimp? Because you're about to no, kill. No, 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 you're no, about no, no, to no. murder like no, no. twelve young women. <laughs> <laughs> we need to remember. We need to remember this. Yeah, I haven't thought of that. We're live broadcasting all through. You give them off. parachutes. You give them parachutes, and you make no, sure fuck that no, they're coming yeah. out with me. Yeah. <laughs> Then there's Wait. so much thinking that has to go into his thing. If you have to, okay, time you know, to get out, ladies. Well, also yeah, yeah. you're killing the pilot and the co-pilot. No, I am the pilot. The pilot. Oh, you are the pilot. I am the pilot. Okay. I'm well, staring death in the face oh, of yeah, both I guess eyes. You don't remember? need a co-pilot then. Yeah, my eyes are bulging out of my head. I'm screaming along to like um, American Girl by Tom Petty or something. Uh, uh, actually, no, we can do, do better. That. We, we can do better, can than, do better that. Like, than that. Ace of Spades. Wildflowers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild. What? Maybe Fuck. some Sarah McLaughlin. Wildflowers. <laughs> How about It's Good to Be King by Tom Petty? Did you guys get so into that Wildflowers album? I felt like. I was. I used to listen to it nonstop. I felt like every senior quote in our high school is from that album. Everyone's like, time to move on or time to get going. Or yeah. Like, it's like. It's a great. It's like, Mine was Natalie Merchant, who's probably someone else you guys don't love. But. <laughs> whoa, 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 why are you lumping me into this? I was raised oh, yeah, by a woman. Right. I like you're all right. this shit. Do you like um, Natalie Merchant? I don't know. She was from 10,000 Maniacs, and then she went and had a solo career. <laughs> they changed their name to 99,000 Maniacs. <laughs> if they didn't, they missed a trick. They're just called One Less Maniac. The one <laughs> that was the second album. Yeah. Less than 10,000 Maniacs. Sorry, I, did, I didn't mean maniacs. to lump you in there. <laughs> But yeah, that was a wild I'm curious about your connection between Hot Lava and Tom Petty in your mind. That sounds Are you intriguing. looking at me because I can't see yeah. it? I think it's because Frank said American Girl. I did say so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, my yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was and my then Vanessa decided to pick a really good one. That's quite a good question. Everyone always asks, what's your funeral song? Which I always think is a slightly dreary question. Yeah. So a better question is, what's your flying into the center of an active volcano and a plane made out of That's more song? fun. Yeah. Definitely um, more fun. You know and what, it I takes a totally different vibe. Yeah, I'll tell you what, my mind would be To Hell With Good Intentions by McCluskey. Do you know that song? Do you know McCluskey? Yes. Yeah, my band is better than your band. We take more drugs than touring funk bands. <laughs> Best opening line of a song ever. Um, yeah, I, that would be that would possibly. Be I kind of picture something super like chill and gangster for me. Like I'm not going to go down screaming. I'm going to go down with like a thick, gaudy blunt. May, may I be so bold as suggest a song? I would love for a you. suggestion. Yeah, <laughs> Bang Bang by Nancy Sinatra. Ooh, Bang Bang, they shot me down. Like you know, the sound on the film has gone yeah. off, and it's just that, and the, and the footage is <laughs> of people going. Ah! <laughs> screaming in this fire and I'm visualizing bang, myself bang, about shut me down. <laughs> 200 pounds heavier than I actually am yeah. and sort of like donned in mostly like velvets and silks with the ladies, some chains, yeah, like and, a lot, like and thick blunts. The ladies like, have been kind of like sort of like kind of rubbing your chest and stuff for a while but when you get into <laughs> Final Descent you're like I, yeah. need to, I need to focus. Yeah, <laughs> 10 seconds for me here, ladies. And by the way, my ladies on board have signed up to die in the volcano, okay? That's how I didn't say mine had Well, you didn't specify it. I something. never thought of it before. <laughs> Jonah, what's your song? Uh, I was just... 
I was just thinking about your bat mitzvah party for some reason. Uh, Is this reminding you of it? Is it because it was so dope? <laughs> no. Because it was, was a whirly ball party? I was thinking about whirly songs. Ball. And I remember I asked, I think I asked the DJ, I was like, because oh, we all Here's got- why. Do you remember why you were able to ask the DJ to play weird songs? Because the actual DJ's wife had a baby on the day of my party. <laughs> so that his assistant was there and his assistant was like only playing like basically like metal and yeah stuff. so i wanted to get into like our parents like introduced or introduced us or something and i wanted to walk out to the end of metallica's one <laughs> like if i big and this is jonah and i was like 15 that's amazing perfect <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> Dark everyone would be like this guy is awesome holy shit i think we might have <laughs> just got a new intro that. tape for tonight for the show <laughs> yeah <Yes. laughs> oh my god i didn't know that Jonah. i don't that's think i've ever so maybe funny. vocalized this and or at least in 20 years oh my god that's, that's amazing so yeah funny. didn't happen but i was like everyone would think i'm so cool if this happened well Jonah used to play no effects when he would drive me to school and he would like leave all the windows open and blast it and i always <laughs> oh, yeah. felt like so cool going even to school even school. though i was late thanks to jonah <laughs> i totally did that embarrassingly i can admit it now i remember like like when I the first year I was forcing myself to go to community college because I'd assumed I was supposed to go to college and I would pull into the parking lot and I wanted to be different than the college kids so bad. I'd be like blasting like 108 in my car. I had like one tattoo, but I'd make sure my sleeve was like up enough so people could see it. Because that was before like the Ed Hardy shit. That's when you were like making a statement to have a tattoo like like you were going in. And I definitely remember, like, overcompensating for something. What yeah. was I overcompensating for, Frank? What do you think? <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I, I find it hard to think, man, because, like, there's, you have nothing to overcompensate for. Oh, sweet friend. Aww, he's, he's, seriously, it's <laughs> too nice to me. Wait, uh, nice. something that I, I want to get to before we forget is, is there a hidden song at the end of Jagged Little Pill? There is there? <laughs> 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 I uh, I don't know. Taylor Hawkins on drums. Is too. there one? Is he not? Yeah, Taylor Hawkins on drums. Really? Well, I yeah, never knew yeah, that. Taylor yeah. Hawkins. Well, you know the other thing. That's the reason John Frusciante rejoined the Red Hot Chili Peppers is because of the first track on that record. Because it's him playing guitar and Flea playing bass on that. Song. Really? And it's the first oh. time they've seen each other in years. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Jagged is a class. I feel like it's such a classic album now. We can get away with just calling it Jagged. Yeah. Like Jagged. <laughs> it did sell yeah. thirty-three million copies. So. <laughs> It's quite a few. Yeah, I that's, yeah, that's a number. It's quite a few. Yeah, mom. When I like went to college or something, mom kept buying me whatever the new. There was like a newer Alanis Morissette CD that mom kept like sending me. Like she kept being like, "I know you'll love this," and then I like left it at home, and she like sent it to me in college. Well, a friend but, of mine, a friend of mine went to see to uh, Alanis Morissette not so long ago, and basically said that her fans are complete dicks because basically, she, really? she, well, she came on and she's done other stuff since nineteen ninety four or whatever it was right. and she came out and she basically had sort of an hour-long set of like other stuff followed by you know like eight songs of Jack the Pill or whatever you know and it's like it's like i remember going to see leonard skinner and it was a similar deal it was like they did a whole bunch of stuff they wanted to do and then at the end they did the things you want to hear and it's kind of a good deal with the audience everybody gets what they want and it's all cool mm-hmm. uh, but apparently all through her diehard fans were all just going like shut up like play <laughs> oh, a little pill God. through every song from the very beginning <laughs> and it made me kind of feel kind of bad for Tori yeah. for uh, lance morissette yeah you know because that it must be kind of a bummer you yeah. know you spent yeah. how many yeah. years working really hard and you know I mean, I think you and I both can talk from 
some degree of experience of having kind of records that people are insanely kind of passionate about that aren't your latest one. And and it's cool. It's amazing that anybody likes what you do enough to feel like that about anything that you've done. For and sure. you will get to that fucking song. Just give me a minute. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Just chill. Yes, I'm going to fucking play I Still Believe You, dick. I'm just going to play the end. Um, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I can always empathize with it. It's a weird part about being a musician because I am that kind of music fan. I'm a shitty music fan. Like, I fall in love with a record I love, and I'm not, I'll never scream out to a band like, play this song, asshole. Yeah. I mean, I'll wait patiently, but I am like I one mean, of those guys <clears throat> who gets lost in a band's career. Like, I'm not, I'm not good like that. I do, yeah. I fall in love with a record, and sometimes that record represents a place and time for me and it becomes like very sentimental like that and like a whole yeah. career doesn't as much as like an album no i know i know what you mean I, well it's, to me it depends on bands but like and it, I, I went to see the national the other day and they were great but they were great when i was seeing the songs off the records that i know which is not all of them right and the other stuff was good but it was you know i mean obviously it's more of a kick thing stuff that you have passionate feelings about yeah i have a, an interesting I have a list, by the way. Whoa. I never do Holy any crap. preparation work, Whoa, and Benny always has all <clears throat> these questions. And one thing... I, I didn't sign off on this, by the way. <laughs> I stumbled upon yesterday that clearly has nothing to do with you, but it's this story that came about the David Cameron unauthorized biography where it came out oh, yeah. that he possibly filleted a dead pig. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the dead oh. pig was supposed to have filleted him. Oh, right. Yeah, thank he you. He put his balls in a dead pig's yeah, mouth he, or something. Right. I, uh, and and <clears throat> here's, here's my question. It's not, <laughs> not really your thoughts on a penis inside of a dead pig's mouth. That's, or balls. He didn't specify. I like this oh, segue either, already. Like, like, I feel like, you know, there's, there's many feelings that could go into that that we don't even have to address. What I'm wondering is what is that, like, crazy... I have this idea about old school. <laughs> Which part of you have you put inside a dead no, pig's mouth? No, no, no. And I know you at least know somebody who was part of this. That weird, like, underground, elite, fratty kind of thing that happens. I know it happens in the States, too, but I imagine in England they're, in, they're much more well-dressed and snooty and, and kind of evil about it. About these, like, weird, culty kind of frats with, like, an old school, like... I, you, you, I, that's, you're asking the wrong person, I'm afraid. I, I was, you know, I went, I went to school with a lot of those kinds of people, but I made a, a gigant, I made a very sort of adolescent point of fucking hating everybody and they all hated me too. Actually, it was funny, funny, I met up with some guys from my, uh, from my scholarship class at school, because I was a scholarship kid. The Whoa, other day, and they, excuse and, me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was at that school. Yeah, just dropping that, just throwing that out. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, um, we, very we sort cool. of, we had, we had some, some drinks the other day, but like, they reminded me of the thing that I'd sort of forgotten about, which was, um, like the first, one of the first bands I was in, we were kind of like a sort of no effectsy type pop punk band, but like, um, we had school assemblies every morning from like 8.50 to 9, or 8.40 to 9 every morning and everyone had to get in and they would have people play or, you know, do a presentation or do an acting scene or whatever it might be. And, and we did it and I can't remember whether we got asked or we decided we wanted to do it or what, but basically I'd forgotten quite how fucked up it was and it made me feel kind of good about my 16 year old <laughs> self because basically we did a grindcore set yes. for like 500, um, like up their own ass kind of snooty fucking posh kids essentially at 8 40 in the morning and like our guitarist wore a dress and i wore and this is like this you know super fucking homophobic institution and just horrible dicks basically and i, I was like wearing a pair of shorts and i had all this shit written on my chest and mark pen and we just did like 10 minutes like kind of stuff 
at, n- at eight in the morning and just like, and I was like climbing over people in the front row and like sort of like getting in fights with people and stuff. And and I, I, I mean, I do remember, but I kind of I'd forgotten quite how fucked up it was because these guys I was with, like, yeah, like everyone thought you were out of your fucking <laughs> mind after that. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, we did do that, didn't we? So that that's was a cool what badge I did. of honor. Yeah, that's what I did. I don't think that that's really a kind of what you were asking about, though. <laughs> no, not at all. But it does. It leads perfectly into something else. I was wondering. I, you know, legitimately, legitimately wondering this about you in general, and that story kind of illuminates it. Is like how much of like because you have a really strong sensibility about what you think about the world and what you think about the way people in the world should interact you have you have an an idea an idea that i typically usually agree with and i'm wondering like how much of that sensibility came with like where you're from and how you were raised and how much of that sensibility came with like what you got into and going on tour and like seeing things with your own eyes yeah very much so well i mean i'm a product of my sort of upbringing background whatever you want to say but like i you know because i I went to kind of comparatively normal schools and then i got this scholarship to uh, boarding school, very sort of posh upper class boarding school, and you know I'm not from working class family by any stretch of the imagination, but there's there's kind of degrees of of wealth, you know, and like and it was a weird situation, and I kind of hated it because it was just a really sort of prejudiced, exclusionary kind of place, and that fucked me off. Um, and then I remember like there's a piece of slang at, at that it's Eton College. There was a piece of slang at that school, which it took me about the first half of the first year I was there to figure out what they were talking about. They talked about plebs. Meaning, basically, people who aren't privately educated, oh. like plebeians or whatever, and and I, and it was like I realized they were talking about like essentially my friends from back home because I just been to normal school. It's so and weird. It's like muggles. Yeah, and I was just like, "Are you uh. fucking serious? That's disgusting." Yeah, like and and <clears throat> the thing that then happened for me was I then at that exact moment when I was feeling really kind of alienated and angry, and, and I'm sure this is true of everybody who's into it as a scene. Uh, then you hear like the Sex Pistols and the Clash, and then No Effects and Black Flag and stuff like that. And an awful lot of kind of it's it's a fucking it's a lifeline. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a it's a piece of wood in a in a sea. You know, you hold on to it. It was just mm-hmm. like fuck, man. Particularly the fact that Joe Strummer was private educated as well and became Joe Strummer, and 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 it was like cool. You can do this without automatically turning into a complete cunt. Right. So um, you know that that was definitely and and I, I don't know. It's like I like to think that that has given me quite a kind of strong nose for sort of like social prejudice. Uh, and hopefully all types of prejudice, you know. Sure. Um, and it, and it, and I, you know, it's given me a strong feeling that everybody should be considered an individual on their own merits, you know, and not, not kind of. I I don't give a fuck where anyone went to school, or what their parents did for a living. Um, and it's funny because the UK is a class obsessed society, which is something I find very boring and and depressing. Although I understand political and historical reasons why, but like it, it's it's annoying because there's like. There's a lot of chat about how that's a bad thing, but a lot of it tends to go in one direction. Mm. But not the band. But so <laughs> um, you know, as in like so a lot of a lot of people will say it's really sort of gross that like, you know, sort of upper class people kinda of judge people by where their parents went to school and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But you could you should also not do that to them kind of thing. Do you right. know what I mean? And it's like sure. because I spent my entire fucking life defending myself because of where my parents chose to send me to school on a fucking scholarship when I was twelve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, imagine. And, and, and you every single fuck. I just put out a new record. Every single fucking review in the UK spent up to half the review talking about where I went to school. So weird. that's not what adults yeah. do in a modern fucking society, is it? Do you do you feel like? Because I mean, I saw you like right at the beginning when you were like when you were getting your thing going in England and stuff. And if there's one thing that nobody can take away from you is like 
the work ethic that you had and have and the way that you would I mean I saw you I was watching you like with just an acoustic guitar cruising on trains around Europe and going to places like Israel on your own with pretending you're a tourist and things like that yeah. like I remember <laughs> some really awesome punk rock stuff you were doing and you took that DIY ethic for sure and like built your career out of it do you think you were fueled like more so to do it that way because of like where you came from like yeah to almost something to prove or yeah yeah definitely i think so like and particularly like i think that um uh you know there's not really any way of saying this without sounding quite adolescent but it is quite an adolescent statement so fuck it but it's like you know everybody my parents were not keen on me doing what i do my school kind of didn't encourage it and my peers laughed at the idea of me wanting to be a musician particularly a musician in a punk band you know because and i was like and i was like what do you want to be when you grow up and i'm like henry rollins except without the weightlifting because seriously um and <laughs> you are like, looking strong those days. <clears throat> thank you yes there's another question on this about your abs four um <laughs> uh, but like i just <laughs> But like you know, and and it, and there was definitely a sense of kind of proving that. The other thing as well is that like I'm I I have that a slightly weird thing that the music industry, like F. Scott Fitzgerald's comment on um, American Lives, doesn't have many second acts. And I was mm-hmm. in a band that was medium successful in the UK in an underground kind of way. For anyone and, who doesn't know, that's million dead. million dead, and yeah. and we never really did anything outside the UK. But you know, we were playing to like five hundred people a night yeah. in the UK, and we put out two records. And then we broke up, and and it, we I don't think we were much mourned at the time, and that should have, and particular I remember my you know my mum was very much like cool that's the band bit out of the way, right? And it's like and and the early years of kind of playing solo was definitely a case of I was kind of adamant that it was like nah fuck it man I've still got something to say so I want to do this and I'm not done doing this kind of like well and it, you know without getting overly worried about it punk rock's kind of a, a lifestyle commitment kind of thing sure. for me as well you know and. And if it means anything, if punk means anything to me, it means the idea that you can you can be your own creation, the idea that you're not you're not predestined to be the person that society, or your parents, or your schooling, or whatever chose yeah. for you to be. Yeah. And and you know, and that's why I think Laura Jane Grace is punk as fuck. You know, is because what she's done is very it, it fits that description exactly. For sure. And obviously, in a considerably more a considerably less dramatic or brave way. But I mean, you know, for me, I was not supposed to be this person, but I chose to be this person, and. And in fact, sorry, I'm going to rant now, but it, I mean, that's, that's, I actually had a bit of a moment of clarity the other day of realizing, of understanding, Henry Rollins is a big person for me, like I'm, I'm, I've, I've read a lot of his work and he's been very inspirational to me. And I felt like I understood the weightlifting thing the other day actually, because it's also, it's a form of self-creation, giving yourself the body one. It's what tattoos are about as well. I want to look this way, I'm going to make myself look this way, and I give a fuck what was kind of gifted to me. I'm going to make it my own way and it's not to say that's easy or facile or anything but it's it's a, it's it's kind of volition it's it's agency in your own choice in life and that's what punk is to me yeah and i think feel like you've also put yourself in kind of situations that could be uncomfortable like i remember the first time i saw you you opened for some 41 and the offspring yeah and it was you with an acoustic guitar <laughs> that was like, an interesting tour yeah but i feel like that I, would, I mean that would be terrifying i would imagine that was a funny tour because i came off the end of it thinking that it had been a complete fucking waste of time and i've met so many people who have and now another one who said that that was the first time they saw me and, and kind of if nothing else kind of went man you got some fucking balls like doing that stuff <laughs> you know um it was that was a, yeah it was funny like it was doing the sheds as well i mean most of it i mean did you, which show did you roseland yeah I think? roseland yeah that was one of the only indoor shows it was like you know kind of like meadowlands arena and all this kind of shit and i'd be on at like 6 p.m to a field of like 
10,000 drunk Offspring fans who yeah, are waiting for Sound 41. Nobody knew who I was, and I'm English, and I got an acoustic guitar and like a, like a lumberjack shirt, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> and they were just like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, he and, just sounded so much like Wallace. <coughs> yeah, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that was, that was, I mean, but it was like, I mean, I was, you know, fuck it. Why not put yourself out there? Probably good for your self-esteem. Well, I was, it always made me think of, um, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. Which you one? Know, the, you know, you know, the, there was always the thing, his dad was always described various things as being character building. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything builds character. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. me building my character. <laughs> I remember having, I had a moment a few months ago where a series of terrible shit was happening. And I remember, like, screaming up into the air going, I'm sick of building fucking character. <laughs> I just want to chill. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? Like, yeah, that's, that's totally independent of anything that uh, <laughs> ties in here. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> should, we hit the, should we hit the sheet? Let's hit the sheet. What else we got? What are, oh, <laughs> I was going to talk about something funny. Do you remember when we unsuccessfully tried to start a rumor that we were lovers? I do. It yeah. didn't work at all. <laughs> nobody bit. <laughs> nobody bit at How all. How did you start either, it? What's... Either nobody cared or just nobody believed it. Well, it got to the cared. point you signed up for a username on the discussion forum yeah. on my site and were posting all the stuff about like, you kind of went on with, hey guys, big fan. It was when we were on tour, we were in Canada uh, and you were just kind of like, I don't know if anyone saw, I was like watching, it was because the loved ones were on the tour as well yeah. and Murder by Death and you were like, you know, I was watching Murder by Death last night and like, I think I saw Frank and, and Betty making <laughs> oh, out yeah, on the side yeah, of the yeah, stage yeah. and like, and, and <laughs> everyone was just kind of like and the thing is I mean in a way that I actually think is kind of cool uh, yeah. all the, all the kind of like fans of the forum were just kind of like, well that's oh, their yeah, business oh yeah that's cool I oh yeah it's just, just kind of like that's yeah. not really anyone else's business and, and whatever they want to do <laughs> I and think, it was I like think, god damn it I think as children of the 80s we were expecting a far different response Whoa! and everyone was just like oh yeah that's chill yeah <laughs> well I specifically remember people being kind of like that's no one else's business but that right. which is such a great response to it actually in real life I think life. we even said but, we're like you have the nicest fans I've yeah it's just like why is no one getting worked up about this yeah. like know? this is such juicy news well, I remember, you know like, what? Tweeting if we shit. said Fallon it would have been a big hit uh, <laughs> that's, that's I remember tweeting was. stuff kind of like you know I remember tweeting something along the lines you know I've really kind of made some real a real voyage of personal discovery with Benny on this tour <laughs> and all this kind of shit and just no one cared at all <laughs> um, uh, you know it's funny like actually speaking of that um, I remember um, you know that fucking time hop app that people have these days do you mm -hmm. know what i'm talking yeah, about it like shows you your and it tells like you what you were doing ago, a year ago two years ago oh, that I kind see. of thing Whoa. and and it's you know what it's a little bit like heron in the sense that it seems like a good idea for the first kind of month that you have it and then it's just a nightmare but um uh i was looking at just the other day it was september 2009 so six years ago was when we did that stretch cross canada oh, wow. together you know we did um i remember we did because we we did we met up in, in Denver, and then we went to LA, and went all the way up to Vancouver, and then we went across to Winnipeg, and then down to Detroit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. I can't believe I brought that up. Um, uh, but then I remember we were in, uh, we had a day off in Regina. Old Regina. Regina. Wow, Regina. Like, a lot to do. Yeah. Um, rhymes with Queen. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and we were there, and... Uh, and it's basically, have you ever been to Regina, Canada? No. It's a truck stop that exists because you, it's 10 hours drive from one place and 10 hours drive from the other and you've just kind of got to stop somewhere. Um, and 
I mean, I don't want to be rude to people for China. Maybe it's a wonderful cultural. No, but I mean, the, the Midwest. Everyone forgets that about Canada. If you think there's nothing in between like Chicago and Denver in the states, there yeah. is nothing for about a yeah. thousand miles. It's, it is. It is. A, it is remarkable. Yeah. But yeah, so we were there, and we had a day off there, and there's like sort of a big kind of you know sort of like traditionally you know, sort of like cliched like native owned casino or whatever. And we were there, and it was me and you and Chris Moran mm-hmm. um, were there from from Punk News, and we went out gambling. And I remember we had, we had, I, I'd never really played blackjack before, and yeah. we had a bottle of Jameson, uh, and he had, and he had a packet of Adderall, which we don't have in England at all. And, and like, he was like, hey, take, take one of these. And I was like, what, it's going to make me concentrate or some shit? <laughs> I know. And so we went out and played blackjack, and I won like quite yeah. a lot of money because uh-huh. I was concentrating. Yeah. I was sitting there looking at the cars going, yeah, man, yeah, fine, yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah. hit me, hit me. And, uh, and I won. Maybe that's all Rain Man was doing was Adderall. <laughs> he was ODing on Adderall. <laughs> But yeah, and that was a, that was a wonderful evening. That was fun. Yeah. So yeah. what happened in Detroit? I don't know what happened in Detroit. <sighs> was this you or me? That was me. Fucking hell! You're sighing it yourself. It was terrible, and it was all um, uh, oh fucking hell! What's his name? Um, Donny Cutsper's fault. You know Donny Cutsper from Buffalo. Oh, I remember. Donny Cusper is a promoter who books uh-huh. shows in Buffalo. Yeah, he's yeah, a friend yeah. of mine, lovely, lovely guy. And we were on tour, and Heather Law was doing merch for you, and Heather's a friend of Donny's. And I was jumping off the day before the Buffalo show, which was Detroit, was my last show of the tour. Right. And Donny was all like, he'd been texting me, like, what motherfucker? I can't believe you're not coming and doing it. You're jumping off the day before you come see me. And I had this really big UK tour coming up, and I was like, I can't, man, I've got to go. So it was my last show of the tour. And I'm first on, it was me, and then Loved Ones, and then Murder by Death, and Gaslight Anthem. And, um, I played and I was selling my own merch on the tour and so I stood with Heather every night and basically Donnie was texting Heather who was basically feeding me a big shot of Jameson like once every five <laughs> minutes for about an hour yeah. until I was absolutely, by time murder by death, I was, I don't remember this, I was blackout fucked up and it essentially reached a point whereby I had this vague flash memory of I had a new pair of shoes and I threw up on them outside and was kind of crying on the steps of the venue and Holly was kind of laughing and just yeah. patting me on the back just going, you're a complete fucking <laughs> asshole. And the worst, the reason I bring it, I This was our, so, our tour manager at the time. This, this is yeah. why, the reason I feel so bad about this is you guys had made me a cake Oh, and I don't yeah. think I even actually fucking saw it because I yeah. basically reached the point where I was like, "I've got to go." I totally I, remember this now. You, we, we tried I, to like make a big deal out of Frank's last night. We were like, oh, "Gonna get him a cake." Oh, I, I think so we big. even bought some extra booze. Uh, and, like end of the show, and then you know, I'd, I'd already got because we're playing last on this tour. I can't get, I, you know. I can't get totally fucked until after we play. Right. And I remember us trying to set this up, and we're like, where's Frank? They're like, oh, he's fucking gone, really. Let's just eat the cake. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we just ate your cake. Yeah, and you sent somebody texted me a photo of it, and it said, Frank, go home on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I have this, you know when you're really, really shit-faced, and uh, uh, you have, like, flashes of memory. I have this flash of memory of sticking my kind of vomit-soaked face out the window of a cab on the freeway, trying to get, like, cold air on my face <laughs> to, like, wake up, because I had a hotel at the airport because I was flying out early the next morning or whatever. And I just, I, f- I still feel so fucking bad about you that. You do? Yeah, dude. I f- you guys were so good to me, taking me on that tour and letting me ride on your bus and just being really good to me. And I, It's and just I some just- cake. I, know, but I mean, it's, come on, man. I've, it is the point. I mean, let, it was, let's it was, just say before that night you were at, like, a 10... And then you went to like an eight point eight. It was for like it a was, while. It was you Let's know it was, it was it was as an Englishman I would call it poor form. <laughs> poor form. It was poor form on my part. It happens. 
What do you so, think of Vanessa's British? Oh, accent? it got really good when I was in London for a week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we should go to the pub. Yeah. That's from that's Cockney. It's not the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, <thanks. coughs> but it's. I mean, this is. I'm a fancy Brit. I'm not. I'm from the. Oh, I'm from the farmlands. <laughs> you sound like a speech impediment. <laughs> um, it's good that you, you, you distinguish between different types of British accent, though. Oh, I'm from the east. Oh, I'm from the safe. That's actually going to be... Fred Armisen does this bit where he'll like go up on stage and he'll be like, I can do every accent, and, and people just shout accents at him. And he'll just like make up... Like, I think he's just making that... Like, some of them are like... They're accurate to like an extent, but like he's being so specific in a way that like no one would ever know. Like like you would know, Brit- but like... I don't know. Wait, can we can we give you three accents to do? Like yeah. we each choose one. Yeah, yeah. All right, who's first? Um, Here, you go first. You know where best. Czechoslovakian. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm going to the beach and in, in with that accent. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to the beach, JT. <laughs> it's very similar to weird British. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, is it more? It's more like Russian, like Haiti. Oh, oh. <laughs> like Russian people are like going to the beach or something. I, I just wow. Just as a, just I, I wow. Guys, right. This is why I do this for a living. Right, go that's ahead. a good one. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> give me a a South Korean on vacation in Australia. But they're not. Their accent probably won't be affected by their vacation. They're doing U.S. though, I but mean, they'll talk about. English. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or is this just setting you? It's going to be so hard for this not to come up. <laughs> yeah. Sounding offensive. It's an impression. I, mean. I uh, can we have shrimp on the bob? Wait, can we have? <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, oh yeah, goodness. can we have shrimp? <laughs> Uh, from the Bobby. That was pretty. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty just good. to illustrate, I'm straight up doing a deaf comedy jam laugh yes. in here. My knees are just moving a lot. <laughs> is it my guy now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to preface this with with something I want you to work into it, which okay. is that Ooh. you know, you know. Okay. There's a there's a word O A X A C A like Mexican Oaxaca, right? Oaxaca. Yeah, Oaxaca, mm-hmm. which I only recently discovered was pronounced Oaxaca. I thought it was like Oaxaca or something. Yeah, this Oaxaca? An, yeah, Oaxaca, right? But it's spelled stuck in like, Yeah, okay, right. So I want someone from North Dakota asking directions <laughs> in Mexico for a place that they can't actually probably... But you, they're not going to be affected by being in Mexico, no, just no, but to clarify. Are, but they're, but they're yeah, speaking but, English. But, but, yeah, but they're trying to pronounce yeah. the okay. word Oaxaca in it, the way that mean? I thought. It's a place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're trying to get directions and to Oaxaca, but they've misread. But the what's the crazy way you spell it? It's like O A X A C A. Do you want me to write that down? No, I got it. I got a marker. So North Dakota, I feel like, is pretty like. Hi guys, I, do you know how to get to Elksville? And calling well, we're heading there today. <laughs> I think I can like, do a we North like to go to Mexico. Oh wait, uh, I don't is North think you've Dakota, ever been to North Dakota. <laughs> is North Dakota like is like Ohio, is like where we're think, from, right? Okay. <clears throat> wait, Fargo. Sorry, guys. This, oh, Fargo's 
are real good then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah We're yeah. going to go to Mexico, Connie. That sounds like Czechoslovakia <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, talking of Fargo, um, uh, a, 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 a story for you that has a, from the time that we were on tour together, although you weren't there. Because uh, we had... Um... Oh, hello. hello. We're, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. We'll get, we'll, we're unwrapping up here. Right. Okay. That was exciting. Um, <laughs> we, do, are we supposed to tell listeners what just happened? No, I'll edit this all out. Oh, yeah. you edit this. This might be the best bet. That, leave that in. Okay. All right. Okay. Someone ahead, just came in. So Fargo. So on tour with Gaslight and Motor by Death and all that, and uh, where there was an off day and Motor by Death had a headline show in Fargo, North Dakota, and I got the sports lot on it as is traditional with these things. So we drove down. I got in the van. We drove down um, and... Played a show in Fargo, and uh, I didn't. I seem to remember not having the best show. It was it was kind of full, but I did. The audience weren't really kind of tuned into what I was doing. But I mean, it was wasn't terrible, but it was okay. And then afterwards, there was there was a I was a single guy on tour. There was a cute girl at the bar, and um, the, r- running the bar, the barmaid, I should say. And I was kind of try, trying to chat her up a little. Now I've I've learned from bitter experience that it's a fucking fool's errand trying to chat about stuff for two reasons. First of all, their part of their job description is knocking back people trying to hit on them, and secondly, they're not going anywhere until the bar is closed. Mm. Um, uh, so it, I got shit face drunk. Um, I feel the need to add that I've quit drinking recently rather than telling you know, these stories about know I, my mind. I didn't know on the off <clears throat> chance that you had stopped quitting that I shouldn't ask on microphone. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm... So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not forever, but for the timing. Anyway, yeah. Um, I... I uh, yeah, so essentially, I had, this, I had this kind of horror film kind of morning because um, I kind of woke up and but didn't open my eyes and was like, where the fuck am I? And everything kind of smelt of hemp. Um, and I opened one eye the rich and saw, saw over a tie-dyed duvet cover, I saw a fish with a PH, a fish poster on a wall. Oh and I was God, like, no. no, the bad thing. <laughs> and then I opened another eye and saw like an early Pink Floyd poster. Uh, and it was like, the other bad thing. You know what they say, Frank, um, never follow a hippie to a second location. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know they say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and it turns out this girl who was lovely, but she was a full bore like fish fanatic kind of okay. girl. And um yeah, and I I had this totally panic moment of like waking up and going, I don't know where I am, I don't know where the tour is, and I hate fish. Um and, and I like, reek of hemp. And I have to get out of here immediately, and you probably don't even have a shower. Um and <laughs> like and eventually eventually got back and relocated with the guys from uh Motor Oh man. Wow. Do you get any incense out of it? Any no, I was offered a joint for breakfast and I really don't smoke weed, so okay, I said okay. no. Ugh, that's the best breakfast there is. I, I have a question. Can is it okay to go off the list for a sec? Oh yeah, dude, the list is just a guy. Okay, okay. I um I your song Long Live the Queen I think is so great. I think it's my Thank favorite you. song of yours. Me too, actually. Do, I, and do, are any of your tattoos related to that song? Uh they're not actually. No. Um that was a song about my friend Lex. I I remember you said that at one of the shows that we saw you at and I just think it's such a great I just love it. I think it's such an amazing song. Thank you. Yeah, she was she was um the life and soul of the party, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, actually, fun enough, she ran. She she um, when I first met her, she was a, a breast cancer survivor, and uh, she started up this thing called Lex Palooza. She called it after herself, which I think was awesome. Which is basically <laughs> yeah. like this one day, all day fundraiser thing, and got bands to play. And I used to play. This is like two thousand five or something. And she did a couple of them, and then she passed on. And um, uh, my friend Evan. Uh, kind of took it over, and Lex Palooza still happens not quite every year anymore because I haven't had a kid, and his sort of schedule right, right, right. kind of jammed out. But like we, I think we're doing it 
next year we're doing like uh in fact i think next is gonna be the 10th anniversary oh great uh, uh of the first one something like that and and so yeah we're doing it again and it's cool we still do it kind of in her memory and it's great yeah because like because she was just uh, you know she liked to party should we say yeah and like and it's just kind of the rule that everybody has to be shit-faced from like midday um yeah. and it's everyone has a good time but it's yeah. just like out of your fucking mind all day yeah it's a good time. i just think i can't admit i can't think of a like better way to honor someone than like a song like that and that festival i think that's so well one, one of the things I, I like about it is that she was she was a big fan of million dead the band i was in and, and that's she i knew her in that period of my life and um she um she wasn't really that keen on the whole acoustic direction that i had <laughs> and um and what i love is the fact that uh, and what I think she would find awesome is the fact that that, you know, I mean, as well as being a song that is very important to me, that song's been quite big for me in my career or yeah. whatever, you know, it was sort of my first song I got played on the radio in the UK. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think she would find that hilarious. Yeah. I think, she, I think she would laugh her ass off. That's and awesome. it's also part of the reason why generally these days we play quite a kind of rock up, rocked up version of it live these days is because I think she'd probably like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. She was like, she was like a Slayer fan. Whoa. Awesome. So yeah. she wanted to smash your acoustic when you started. No, that. I think she was just kind of waiting for me to stop fucking around and get back in a hardcore band again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it's it's one that's great, and it's one of your songs. A lot of your songs mention dancing. Pretty into dancing, huh? I'm terrible at dancing. That's what. Well, you know, it's it's the only time I ever do anything remotely close to dancing is when I'm on stage. I don't. I do my little. Hop. You did appear on a dance track. There was a lot of dancing last night. I thought. Oh, go, if, oh, wait, sorry. I don't know if go you ahead, remember please. this as well. <laughs> please don't let me in. I had dinner with Gunnar the other day. Oh, so you do remember. So I, we remember it well. We Another funny tour story was when we were in a backstage in Europe somewhere, probably Germany, and uh, <clears throat> Alex had created some funky beats for a dance song, and Frank gave us the uh, Vincent Price intro <laughs> track, which was, do you remember? I'm going to let you tell this because my details on this are hazy. No, I, I don't remember it I exactly. remember Gunnar having a line in it. Gunnar was... did like the Hello London. Yeah. Hello no, was it, Yeah, it was just him just shouting out the yeah. names of cities in a German accent. And, and Berlin, it, can you hear me? Yeah. The, the best bit was there was a kind of there was a drop. It kind of went down, and then and then it built up, and all it was was kind of going outside the club, outside the club, <laughs> outside the club, outside the club, and then it stopped, and then he goes inside the club <laughs> and then the beat kicks back in again and it was actually the, the thing that was so great about it was that, like you could actually imagine this being like a kind of Euro yeah. disco smash <laughs> it was a collaboration of of Frank Jimmy from Polar Bear Club Gunnar our German van driver and and Alex from Gaslight doing the the beats and production and it was called uh. We Love Dancing uh, it went. We, we love dancing. dancing. It was like he's like you love dancing, and you never stop dancing. It was like I love dancing. You love dancing. We love dancing, and we'll never stop dancing. That's it. Real message that's track. That's so. Ca- I'm. It's already going through my head. You know. And it turned into four simple words. This. <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> it totally did it. Fucking hell. Oh, great. You yeah. know what I just feared that we just did? Every time I do anything melodic in an interview, I think of the part in Spinal Tap where they're like tuning out their old song and they look like such douchebags. Oh, and then Elvis every music grave? guy in an interview is like, yeah, yeah, you remember this one? It was like a G chord and we went this and then 
Well, I the, feel like we might have just done that. Yeah, there's a bit when they're afraid. at Elvis's grave and they're trying to harmonize. Yeah. It's like, no, don't go there, that's Raga. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do about that? Can we edit that out? The Never. fact that we just... No, can, you, can, can you auto-tune it? Yes, I'll yeah. auto-tune it. Yeah. Can you I'll auto-tune it. this entire podcast? Yeah. Because I, I usually like to go a little lower than yeah. that. Benny likes a vocoder effect, too. Yeah. I like the Isaac Hayes thing when I'm here. That's why I'm sitting like this. You often remind me of Isaac Hayes. Good. <laughs> awesome. That should be perfect. I think that was an incredible interview. Can I ask one more thing? Sure. Um, on that Counting Crows album, do you have a favorite song? Yeah. What is it? Anna Begins. I My think. Song. Huh? My friend assures me. It's oh yeah. Nothing. It's a song about sleeping with somebody who you're friends with and then realizing you shouldn't have done it. Uh, and it, and it, is, it is. It is one of. One of the most profoundly moving songs I know, oh. and it's like her kindness falls like rain. rain she disappears. It's like, you know she's talking in her sleep, and every word is nonsense. But I understand it all, and it's just like it's about sort of trying to kind of com- persuade somebody that maybe you should give it a go, or maybe you should just brush in the cup. Or what do you do, you know, when you've made that leap and you've broken that? You know, it, it, it isn't love, she says. But if we're not going to talk about it, it's, it isn't love. Oh, gr- I know <laughs> that. Yeah, I didn't know that was about that. Do you yeah. know what Mr. Jones is about? Uh, trying to be famous. Also, do you know what people say Mr. Jones is? No. Haram? They say it's his... Dick. It's his peen? <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh. That's a good name for your <laughs> penis. I'll tell you what. Me I, I had a, you know what? Okay, I'm just... You don't think that? I thought that was like a thing like that people knew. Maybe I'm wrong. Like the Puff the Magic Dragon thing? I'm not trying to burn Counting Crows, I want you to know. Okay. I had a very moving moment for me earlier like, this summer. Okay, I don't believe You're that. They, little, they, yeah. they, they, um, they asked me to introduce them at a festival oh, in, cool. in Holland, which was great. Uh, it was And it was really cool. And what I loved about it, I, like, I introduced them and then just kind of got into the crowd um, rather than going to Santa Night Stage, because fuck that. And uh, they played Mr. Jones, which is, they don't do that often. So, yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when you have a song that you know, like the back of your hand, you know it inside yeah. out, and then suddenly you just hear it again. And somehow you just hear it like you're hearing it for the first time again. Yeah. And there was a really moment, a moving moment for me, and I teared up, and it's going to sound ridiculous after what you've just said. <laughs> which yeah, was just, just the bit where he says, you know, um, yeah, we stare at the beautiful woman, she's looking for you, there's got to be someone for me. Yeah. Like, she's perfect for you, there's got to be someone for me, I just want to be Bob Dylan. And now meet Mr. Jones. <clears throat> no, but, what's, but what's, what's so, what I love yeah. about that song particularly is like, I think it's a really bold lyric, I want to be Bob Dylan, because it's the kind of thing that you're not supposed to say out yeah. loud. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, fuck it, you know what, everyone wants to fucking be Bob Dylan yeah. on some level and I just sure. want to be Bob Dylan and it's like and it's such a moving song about like just admitting it's just kind of and and there's and it's so fucking sharp just that line where he's is like you know when everybody loves me I'm never going to be lonely and there's yeah. so much dripping fucking like like oh irony and just sadness on that lyric you know yeah yeah deep yeah, oh, deep. because I, I because he know because he knew it was bullshit when he wrote it, and then he got super famous with yeah, that song. Yeah, I mean, could life be more fucking like bitter? It's I, was, just I like, was dying to make a Mr. Jones penis reference. And I know now I, I can't don't want now to. either. Yeah. I feel I don't like want to. I don't. I feel it so bad cheap. that I even said maybe that. Maybe like, grow up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I can. Yeah, I mean, maybe could I, you guys? <laughs> fuck. Maybe we can just Isaac. Yeah, try to kind of. Be a little more adult here. Sorry, yeah. but I'm go I'm, now I'm going to go listen to it. I guess I have to go to work, yeah. but. But just, I, I mean, this yeah, one amazing. of my favorite bits in all recorded music when he says, when I look at the, just the way he goes up and vocally as well, when I look at the television, I just want to see me staring right back at me. We all, we all want to be big stars. We don't know why and we don't know how. When everybody loves me, I'm going to be as happy as I can be. 
Ah. Shit's real. Like, and it's, Shit's we real. All, I mean, without sort of being too up our own asses here, we're all people who kind of work in the media and the public eye and shit, and I think you can all relate to that. You know, that moment when you're just a kid and you're fucking hungry, and then, and it's not always what you wanted when you get it. You know? As a whole uh. other podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, if I can, sorry, I'm ranting now, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason In Utero is Nirvana's best album, this is going somewhere, is because I feel like it's the first time he actually tried to write lyrics that have meaning. And one of the cleverest things I think that Kurt Cobain ever did was the lyrics to um, Scentless Apprentice, which in and of themselves are slightly nonsensical, but what they are is a series of lines from the book Perfume by Patrick Susskind, which is a book about a guy who works, who's an outcast who spends his whole life trying to create the perfect perfume that will make everybody love him and when he achieves that moment in the pinnacle of the book sorry spoiler alert <clears throat> is that he realizes that he hates people and he doesn't want anything to fucking do with them and he writes that song and puts something and calls it Scentless Apprentice which is a line from the book oh, wow. and it's just kind of like you have to do a little bit of digging to get his point but it's just a perfect piece it's such a fucking excellent piece of lyricism Oh, that was great. Thank you so much for Frank Turner for coming by. He is on tour now in the U.S. His tour just started. I believe he's uh, he's in the Nashville, Peora, St. Louis. So he's doing kind of like a Midwest-type run um, this whole month. That dude doesn't stop touring. He never stops touring. Does he have a house? I don't know. Does he live in Essex? I think he... Oh, we talked about his apartment. He has an apartment with uh, Crazy Cable. We talked about that. His roommate got a... Is every channel? Oh, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah. They they get that's how they. It's very drug dealery. They're like, you know, if you're signing up now for two years, we'll give you every single goddamn channel. Yeah, <laughs> and then you realize after two years, you don't watch three fourths of it, and you find out that oh wait a minute, I'm paying extra for sports that I've never seen. <laughs> all I have, all I have is internet. I have like landline. I haven't had cable in years and years. If I can. It, it, but Jonah, you're like a millennial hipster. You're not like us old guys with copper phone lines and. <laughs> he doesn't qualify as a millennial. When were I'm you not. born? I was, dude, I was born in 1979. So but, he's a Gen Xer. Yeah, he's got the mentality. He's Gen X. He's fucking all the fucking little millennial chicks. Deny that. <laughs> <laughs> Visit us online at goingofftrack.com. Can Check you hear us- the sound of blushing? Check us out on Twitter. Uh, so don't much, listen to anything Brad says. So much blood rushing to one face. Brad knows nothing about my personal life. His mustache turned red. Uh, thanks for your donations. Keep them coming. Yeah, thank you guys very much for those. <laughs> thanks for thanks for people who legitimately heard our our deal that we ripped off from another podcast of tip us a buck. Like oh, also special thanks to my cousin Jed, dude. Jed, Jed, Jed Wexler. Jed no. Katzel. Katzel. Why, why do you say yes. Wexler? What the I don't know. Uh, Jed, give us a very generous donation. He's been a big supporter of the podcast. He's uh, helped us through some turbulent times. And is also the living embodiment of empathy. Yes. He's the sweetest dude. I actually just saw him in San Francisco. He's the greatest person. Him man. with his parents. Is he the one that gave you a coat? Uh, his dad gave me a coat. <laughs> his dad literally gave me a jacket off of his back because I was freezing and I had to go through the Midwest. So... Thank you to to his whole family. They're awesome. Yeah, you guys couldn't be cooler. Yes. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back next week. (laughs) 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.